0: Jesus. Thank y'all worship team. Amen. Thank you for being here. What a crowd this early service. Amen. Easter Sunday. Um, thank the Lord. It's all right. If you brought your tithes and offerings, you can bring them at any time. Um, I don't know about some time back, the Lord just really began to deal with me and he gave me a word from the cradle to the cross. And it may not be your typical Easter Sunday message, but I believe it is what Jesus desires to say to us today on this Easter Sunday. Um, so if you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 4. And Philippians chapter 2, I know that it's 9.20, I'm going to do my best, but I don't want to miss anything, amen? I don't want to miss anything. Glad to see Jason and Miranda here with us this morning. We love y'all very much, love y'all very much, amen. Ms. Bowers, glad to see you here this morning. We love you very much, amen. Sister Elaine, we sure love you. Glad to see that grandson in front of y'all doing so good Amen, smile on his face Amen Good to have all of you here this morning We just, we love you Just so thankful for what God's doing And the transition of our church And just where we are Hebrews chapter 4 Verses 14 Seeing then that we have a great high priest That is passed into the heavens. Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our profession for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points, somebody say all points, tempted like as we are, yet he was without sin. Let us, can I tell you that you and I are us, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Amen. Aren't you thankful that we can find grace and help in time of need? Amen. You don't have to turn here with me, but I just want to read this scripture, Hebrews chapter 12. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher, from the cradle to the cross. Amen, from the cradle to the cross. the author. And the finisher. He said it is finished. Amen. Of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame. Somebody say despise my shame. You know I was reading yesterday and I thought I was reading preparing for the wedding here yesterday. And I was reading about Adam and Eve in the book of Genesis. And it said that they were naked and there was no shame. I said, only the cross can get us back to that place where we're naked and without shame and we don't care what anybody thinks. Amen. Only the cross can do that because there's a finished work there. Amen. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against, let me back up, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Yet have not, you have not, yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. You haven't, but he did. Amen. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself can, made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also, you see now death was his part as the son of man. But resurrection was God's part, and now the Son of God. We understand that he was the Son of God, but he was also for 33 years the Son of Man. Why was he the Son of Man? So that he would identify with you and I and be dealt with the feelings of our infirmities. Amen. But listen to what God did. Wherefore God, with a capital G, also hath highly exalted him and giving him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in the heaven and things in the earth and things underneath the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God our Father. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we love you today. Thank you today that it is the third day that you've risen from the dead, God. And we thank you so much, Lord, for the life the resurrected life that you've given us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. The first thing I wanna talk to you about this morning is the cradle, amen. Over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament pointed us in the direction of the birth of Jesus, amen. Matthew chapter one, verse 20 says this. I'll just start with 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ, was on the wise, when, as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. And but while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, Fear not to take unto thee Mary, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she will bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Before there could ever be a cross, there had to be a cradle Amen. There had to be a birth. Amen. There had to be a cradle before there could ever be a cross. And over 300 Old Testament prophecies pointed unto the birth of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so listen to me. Look at this. I mean, think about, imagine you being married to somebody, about to marry someone, and they come to you and said, I'm pregnant. And they said, oh, you are? Well, whose baby is it? Surely you've been somewhere. No, it's the, it's the baby of the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you, many of us would say, Yeah, right. Yeah, right. We wouldn't believe that. And we would probably do the same thing that Joseph did. We would want to put her away. But can you imagine what must have happened whenever that angel came and visited Joseph? He said, You don't know. He said, I've been crying out. I've been pointing. I've been pointing in this direction. And Joseph, Joseph, I've entrusted you to be a steward of this child that is in Mary's womb. I've entrusted you to steward the life of Jesus. Can I tell you a lot of times we don't understand what is being birthed in the Holy Ghost but God has entrusted you and I like he has Joseph to steward that life. A lot of things don't make sense but he entrusted Joseph to trust
1: him and to steward the life and the seed of Christ. He said before there can be a cross there has to be a cradle and can I tell you surely you and
0: I will have to crucify some things in our life, but we got to let them be born
1: first. But the problem is we get afraid. Imagine if you was Jesus' mother. Imagine if you knew this baby you were given birth to was born to die. We probably would keep that baby at arm's distance. We wouldn't get close to that baby because we knew there would come a day that child was going to have to die, but not Mary. They were stewards of the seed of Christ.
0: He's trusted you and I to be stewards of the seed of Jesus in our life. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, verse 33. Luke chapter 1, verse 33. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever forever. The Son of God. The Son of God. Don't you know that it began to ring in the ears of everybody that was around them? Can you, do you know what's going on? Did you hear about Mary? Did you hear about Joseph? Did you hear about what's going on down there? Did you hear about what's in her womb? The Son of God is going to be born. Everybody began to hear about that. I bet there were some doubters and they say, here's two. Oh, they said the Holy Ghost did that. They said the Holy Ghost put that baby on the inside of her. I could just imagine the talk and the chatter that was going on. Verse 36, and behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she also shall conceive a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Amen. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, and be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Amen. And now we turn over here to Luke chapter 2, and we see the birth of this Christ. Amen. The Bible says here in verse 6, And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. Can somebody say amen? I know it ain't Christmas time, but we're just getting where we're going. Amen. I'm telling you, we celebrate the birth and the death of Jesus all the time. Verse 7 says, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Can I tell you, imagine what that innkeeper must have thought. How many times do we read that and we say, how in the world Could they have ever done that to the Son of God? How in the world could they not kick somebody out of a room and make way for Jesus? Why couldn't they just put him in the lobby perhaps? Why couldn't they just find somewhere for the son of God, this baby, this Jesus that is going to take away the sins of the world? Why couldn't they find somewhere for him to be? Well, can I tell you the reason why? Because God had it planned the whole time. Because Jesus left heaven and he came down to earth that he may be able to identify with people like like you and I because we get on the innkeeper but there's a lot of us
1: that live as the same way as the innkeeper. We get caught up in busyness. We get caught up in bitterness. We get caught up in burdens. We get caught up in brokenness. We're mad. We're angry and Jesus comes to live with inside of us and we would say about the innkeeper, surely they would find somewhere to put this baby. Surely they would let this baby be born somewhere. How many of you would feel, Sister Dana, if somebody told you when you gave birth to Seth. You can't have him in that nice hospital. You got to go to a dirty manger. You got to go where the sheep have been using the bathroom, where the donkeys have been urinating. That's where you got to have that baby. I guarantee you some of us mamas and daddies would be pitching a fit. Some of us probably did because we didn't get what we thought we should have deserved in the hospital room. Well, I can tell you why. There's a lot of innkeepers in the house of God today and we treat Jesus the same we sit in the presence of God but yet we're bitter Jesus wants to move on the inside of us knowing he's the son of God but yet we say go live in a dirty manger
0: we do the same thing we do the same thing so he was born in a manger maybe a little hay in there stink everywhere but can I tell you that deep dark cave that little manger was a picture of our dirty hearts. What did we say that we read in Hebrews four? He, he identified, he was tempted in every way as we are. Born, that cradle stink everywhere, but that's where he was born. Can I tell you, he came to be born in dirty hearts. You may be here this morning, you may have bitterness. You may have resentment. You may have a lot of burdens. You may be broken to pieces. Can I tell you that's okay? Because just as Jesus was born in a dirty cave, in a manger, he come to be born in dirty hearts. He came to be born in dirty hearts. And he said, there's no other place I would love to be born than there. Why would I be born? Why do I deserve the end? I don't deserve that Jesus. No, no, let me be birthed there. Let me tell you, Jesus didn't look for you in your good days. Jesus didn't die for that Jared just preaching this morning. He didn't die for you on your best, Sister Amy. He didn't die for you then. No, no, no. He died at your worst. Where were you, Sister, in your worst? What kind of shape were you in? Bad shape. Think about where you were truly at. Sorry. Think about where you were truly at. Because the Bible says, in that one we were yet sinners, Lee, not the good days, not the days I feel Jesus. Not the days that I feel that I'm in love with my husband. Not those days. No, that rotten Leanne. At Leanne, who would want me? Who? My, anybody. Who could ever want this this person? Who could ever want this person, Lamont? Not, not this person. No, that's not who Jesus died for. He died while we were at our worst. He died when we were that dark, dirty cave. Amen. I, I had the privilege to go visit that cave in Israel. And it's deep down. It's dark. It's nasty. I can tell you it's dreary. I can tell you you got to walk way down. Amen. But I can tell you now it looks pretty. It didn't look pretty the day that Jesus was born there. Amen. There was animals all in there. They had been living there. Amen. There was mess everywhere. I can tell you it didn't smell good. It didn't look good. And Jesus was saying, he said, I took on... The reputation. Amen. He said, I made myself. Can I tell you from the very beginning of his life, he took on the identity of you and I and not every one of us would be born in a manger. None of us. Don't say you would. Amen. Y'all would be pitching a fit. Brother Trevor, that baby, somebody told you that you had to have her in a manger. I promise you, none of us would. No, no. But Jesus But Jesus, the Son of God, it was said, Mary, what you give birth to will be the Son of God. Will be the Son of God. And will take away the sins of the world. That is who you are going to give birth to. And you mean to tell me there's no room for him in the motel? We do the same. Jesus comes to live in our end. We say, no. You know what we do? We may give him 10 rooms, but there's 20. You can live in these 10, but you're not living in these other 10. I'm gonna hold on to this a little bit longer. I have the right to hold on to this a little bit longer. You can live here, but you're not gonna live here from the cradle to the cross. Jesus lived 33 years on the earth. And over 70 times he called himself the son of man. Can I tell you, only the Father in heaven called him the son of God. And others pointed to him. He identified himself with the son of man. Why? Because he got down and he wanted them apostles. He wanted them people that he walked with to identify. He said, I know what you feel. Peter, I know about the betrayal. I know about the bitterness, Jason. I know about these things, Sister Debbie. I know about these things. Jesus was walking with them. He said, I'm the son of man, the son of man. He's identifying with that flesh, Dana. He's not elevating himself, but they knew whenever he came, all who he was. They knew he was the son of God. But he kept reassuring them, I'm the son of man. I want you to identify with who I am. Amen. Over 70 times in the New Testament, in the Gospels, he identified himself as the Son of Man. From the moment that he was born to the moment that he died, can I tell you, he died as the Son of Man. But he was also the Son of God. You see, resurrection had nothing to do with him, but it had everything to do with the plan of the Father. (laughs) All Jesus did was identify. He said, I do nothing unless my Father tells me to do it. And so he just walked on this earth and he just identified with the Father. And can I tell you a lot of things that we go through in life we don't understand, but we just have to identify with what he's saying to do. Amen. Many things hurt. From the cradle to the cross, they knew. Amen. They knew. I'm going to read this to you. The wooden manger that once cradled our Lord and Savior was replaced with an old wooden cross that held our Savior's body as he shed his own blood for the sins of the world. Our Savior willingly left the portals of heaven to be born of a woman to experience the joy and pain of this life so that we in turn can have eternal life in heaven with him one day. Amen? The same wood that held Jesus in the manger or the cradle was a type of the cross that he would be. There's a reason that Jesus was born in that manger made of wood. It would show that he was born to die. He would show even at the beginning of his life, Leanne, he's born to die for you and I. He was born to die. Imagine what Mary must have felt. Oh, there's the cross. He's going to take away the sins of the world. How? He must die on a cross. He must die a wicked criminal's death. Amen? I ask you this morning, have you made room for him in your life? He had to go to the cross. He had to make all things new. Listen to this. I just heard God say to me this week, we didn't make room for him, but he had to die on a cross to make room for us. We didn't make room for him. We're innkeepers too. Many of us have shut him out. But can I tell you what he did? He said, I still have to go to a cross to make room for them. Even though they rejected me, I'm not going to reject them. Even though they despise me, I'm not going to despise them. And you may be here this morning and you may say, you know what, I've not made room for him. I've allowed my bitterness to take root. I've allowed my brokenness to keep me bound. I've allowed my burdens. I've allowed my busyness. I've allowed all my sins. But what did the Bible say in Hebrews 12? The sin that so easily besets us. He said, get it off. How can you get it off? By that cross right there. By what Jesus did for you and I, despite you and I
1: not making room for him, he said, I'll still go to the cross and the joy that is set before me, I'll endure it for the people that are lost and headed to hell. I'll make room in heaven for them. How will he do it? By the cross. By the cross. Hallelujah.
0: How will he do it? By the cross. He said, I will become sin.'" He said, I will die a criminal's death. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 3 says, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we, somebody say, all we, like sheep, have gone astray. So don't tell me there's been times in your life that you shut him out of your heart. Every one of us has. Every one of us has. Amen. Every one of us. This is a picture of our life. We're innkeepers too. There is none righteous, no, not one, none of us. And Jesus knew that. So in order for us to become righteous, he had to go on a cross. He had to. Listen to what he went through. We all like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. In that while we were yet sinners, Brother Larry. At our worst, he knew that we turned away. But yet he still died, and our iniquities was placed on him. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. And as a sheep before the shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked. And with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was there any deceit in his mouth, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. (laughs) He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, my God, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hands. He shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied by the knowledge of my righteous servant, justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide with him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Can I tell you today that Jesus died a criminal's death on a cross, even though when we rejected him, even though when we despised him, can I tell you whenever we did make room for him in the end. He said, I'm still going to make a way for those that are lost and on their way to hell. He said, I'm still going to make a way for the drug addict. I'm still going to make a way for the religious. I'm still going to make a way for the prostitute. I'm still going to make a way for the alcoholic because it was the religious that put him on the cross. It wasn't the drug addict in that moment. It was the religious people. And many times we just skirt right over those that are full of religion, amen. But all of our sins nailed him to that that cross. Amen. One man said he went to the top of Calvary and he said he went to visit in the Holy Land. He said I went up there and he said he just fell to his knees and began to weep and he said his Arabic translator that was there said sir have you ever
1: been here before? He said oh yeah. He said I've been here. He said over 2,000 years ago when my Jesus hung on this cross he he said I was here. He said I was here. He said when he was nailed to that tree he said I was nailed there with and he just began to weep right before God. He said, you better believe I was here. He had never been there in the physical state, but he was there the day that Jesus died on top of Calvary's hill. And I came to tell somebody today, you were there too. I was there too. The worst of the worst. Those you want to give up on, those you've seen reject God, it's not time to give up now because God didn't give up on you and I. I can tell you over 2,000 years ago on a hill named Calvary, Jesus had you and I and your family members that are lost and the people that you want to give up on. Jesus had to give up on them. He said, for the joy set before me, I endured the cross. You endure yours, and his grace will help us endure it. Woo. Hallelujah.
0: He said, yeah, I've been here over 2,000 years
1: The criminal's dead. They beat him. They spit upon him.
0: My God, Trevor preached a word—one of the greatest message I've ever heard. When staying out on the blood, Trevor said that first lash—the first one. He said, "Just opened up healing and avenues for you and I." The first strike on his back, the first one he said just
1: opened up the blood
0: that was our avenue the first one what about the others what about the others what about the other each time each time the cat of nine tails and just rake and the flesh falling off that flesh fell off for a reason so he identified with our flesh He wants to identify with our flesh. He understands. He's been tempted in every way as us. He understands what you're going through. He understands your brokenness, church. He understands your bitterness. He understands your fear. He understands all of those things. He was the son of man for 33 years, but he never gave in to sin. He never gave in to sin. He had to be the sinless lamb that would die for you and I on this cross, but he can identify with our lives. Why? Therefore, we can come boldly to the throne of grace. We can come boldly to the throne of grace. He is identified with our lives, Monty. But the first lash—you think about the others. You identify with yourself with them. Each lash, each stripe on his back, and it wasn't just a little. No, no, no. It was so hard. That mother had to see it. Born to die. Imagine what that mom must have felt. Imagine Sage. You love watching him on the football field. Yeah, we like that. But What if we had to see that boy take the cross? We wouldn't like that. Because we don't understand that. We identify with good things. We identify our crosses as bad things. All oh, but resurrection <laughs> belongs to God. <laughs> but resurrection belongs to God. None of us. You love that grandbaby, don't you, Jason? Imagine that grandbaby. Imagine how would you feel as a grandfather? Fat little baby had to be born in a filthy manger. You probably would have said something. No way. Ain't no way my grandbaby is gonna be born in that. Ain't no way. No way. Asher, think about it. No way. And then to see that baby, see that baby. Somebody start beating. You don't want to take up, defend, right? (laughs) You'd say something. I guarantee every one of us would. Oh, but not Jesus. And to know that it pleased our Heavenly Father. It pleased Him. For Him to watch His Son. My God. What love. What love what love, what love, imagine if somebody would have stopped it, imagine if somebody would have defended it, and tried to stop it, would have stopped the plan for salvation for you and I, can I tell you one of the greatest hindrances that you and I can do is try to mess somebody from bearing their cross up, Even Jesus called his best friend a devil because he tried to interrupt his cross. He turned and rebuked Peter and said, don't you dare get in the way, you devil. You devil. But can I tell you, I love what he said in Mark 16 when they ran to the tomb. Nobody was there. Them two men said, go tell the disciples and Peter. (laughs) And Peter.
1: (laughs) You may... (laughs) You make sure that you tell all of them, but you make sure that you single Peter out because I know I called him a devil. I knew I told him he would deny me three times. Oh, but you make sure that Peter hears that I'm not dead any longer. And I'm coming for you, Peter. You just hold on a little bit longer. I got you in my target. I got you right where I want you. Amen. A lot of us had told God a lot of things too, but we couldn't hold up to our end of the deal. But let me tell somebody today in this house, Jesus. Jesus is no longer dead. He's no longer on the cross. He's no longer in the grave. It's been the third day and he's rose. I, I said he's rose and he went to hell and took the keys of hell. And now you and I can walk in the authority of Christ forever. Hallelujah. Somebody praise God this morning in this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
0: That cross, a criminal's death. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, he's calling somebody's name. Just like he said, you go tell them, man, Peter. Some of you feel like, oh, it's over. I'm going to hell for sure. You make sure you tell Aaron. I'm coming. <laughs> you tell all them, but make sure you tell there. Make sure you tell Cody. Make sure you tell everybody else, but make sure Cody knows I'm coming for him. (laughs) I know know what's in man. I know old Peter's going back fishing, but I'm fixing to go build a fire. I'm fixing to go build a fire. Amen. And I'm going to wait on him to come. Hallelujah. I love what Brother Buck said the other day. He said each fire that Peter warmed his hands by, he said what did Jesus build to remind him of the last three fires? he built a fire hallelujah oh yeah brother Buck you don't even know I might have to steal that and preach it sometime amen Jesus built what he denied him in front of amen now he built it so for him to show himself amen I can tell you when you light a fire you're going to see who's around you you're going to see what's in you amen because that's what a fire does the good thing about Jesus he said this we didn't make room for him but he died on the cross to make room for us I said he died on a cross to make room for us John chapter 14 I love this my Bible says at the top I go to prepare a (laughs) place hallelujah Hallelujah. I go to prepare a place hallelujah let not your heart be troubled you believe in God believe also in me In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you. Somebody say for me. If you're a child of God. Now, if you're not, today's the day of salvation. This isn't for the lost world. Amen. This isn't for the lost. We've had a lot of death around here lately. A lot of people die lately. And if you look on social media, you'll just think that everybody goes to heaven. All dogs may go to heaven, but all people don't. All people don't. You must be born again. Amen. You must be born again. So this is a promise to those that have been washed in the blood. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. I still believe in the rapture of the church. And whither I go, you know the way. Thomas said... Unto him, Lord, we know not the way. And how can we know the way? Jesus said unto him, I'm glad you asked, Thomas, because I'm about to tell you. I am the way. Somebody say, he's the way. He's the truth. And he's the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. No man come to the Father. How do you get there? Through the cross. There's only one way, the blood of the lamb. The blood of Jesus covers and washes. No man can come to the Father but by Jesus. Amen. Verse 15 says, "If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither know him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you. He shall be in you." I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet in a little while the world sees me no more. You see me because I live. You shall live also. At that day you shall know what I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. Can I tell you today that Jesus will not leave you and I comfortless. Why? He didn't die just to die. If you wear a cross with Jesus still there, I'm telling you, he's not there. He may be on your necklace, but he's not there. Amen. Amen. No, they put him in a tomb. He rose on the third day. He's no longer in the tomb. He rose. Why? Because he said, I must go. Mark 16, verse 19 says, He now sits and intercedes for you and I at the right hand of the Father. Amen. He said, I must go so that I can send you the Comforter, the Holy Ghost. We got to need, we must have this Holy Ghost. Amen. We need the Comforter. And here's what he said. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. Can I tell you that word comfortless right there means, he says, some versions say, I will not leave you as
1: orphans.
0: (laughs) I will not leave you as orphans. The orphan spirit has run rampant in the church. But Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans. He's not going to leave us empty handed. He's going to come and he's going to get us. But the comforter of the spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, amen, It identifies us with his life, the resurrection life. Where, O death, is your sting? Amen. There is no sting of death any longer. We can come in by the blood of Jesus. Amen. Mark 16, verse 19. Jesus has risen from the dead. He now sits at the right hand of the Father. He's been crowned with glory. He no longer wears a crown of thorns, but he's crowned with the glory of God. Brother Russell, would you come or whoever's going to play? I want to close with this. R.G. Lee, the great Baptist preacher, once wrote, There was never another who caused all creation to be ransacked in pursuit of words appropriate to convey to human hearts and minds His glorious preeminence. There was another who was a human child and also a divine son who was wounded by Satan and who at the same time crushed Satan, who was appointed the Savior of men yet was crucified by men. Who was judge of men, yet was led as a felon from one tribunal to another. There was another who died, and there was never another who died and was buried and yet lived. Was sa- who saved others, and himself could not save. Who had no sin in him, yet all sin on him. Who was the king of glory, yet wore no crown, but a crown of thorns. Who in glory he had with God. Before the world was, had the angelic hells of heaven, and yet on earth gave himself to the murder snails of men. There never was another who was the prince of life, yet died on Calvary, who was as old as the heavenly father and ages older than his earthly mother. There was another, there never was another, who was the victim of a Roman cross and a victor at a Jewish grave. (laughs) There was never, there never was another who poured all seas, all lakes, all rivers out of the crystal chalices chalices of eternity, yet on a cross said with a mouth hot like a parched desert that cries for rain, I thirst, I thirst. Can I tell you Jesus is thirsty for you today? He said, I thirst. From a cradle to a cross, he said, I must go to send you the comforter. Can I tell you, he came to purchase you and I with the blood. There's coming a day, according to the book of Revelation, chapter 19, that Jesus will come victorious. How many crowns will he be wearing? The Bible says, many crowns. This crown is not a crown of thorns, it's not a crown of thorns. From a cradle to a cross. He knew that he had to go in order for us. He said, the works that I do, he said, you'll do greater. How's that going to be with a comforter that he went to heaven to send upon us, upon this earth? He sent the comforter. Why? You know why? Because not only will he wear a crown, but can I tell you, we're going to be able to lay our crown. It's only his grace that we have anything to offer back to him. And so I ask you this morning, what are you going to be able to lay at his feet? Is your bitterness keeping you from wearing a crown? Let no man take your crown. Let no woman, let no circumstance, let no bitterness, let nothing take your crown. I'd hate to know that we lived as that innkeeper that said, no, Jesus, not here. Will you have anything to offer back to Him this morning? Do you know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior? Would you stand to your feet this morning with me? Let no man take your crown. Jesus. Maybe you're here this morning and You just needed to hear what Jesus said about Peter. You tell all the apostles, but make sure Peter knows I'm coming for him. Some of you, Jesus has you zeroed in. and He's coming for you. He knows you're running. He knows you're fishing. (laughs) But he's got your name. He's got your number. Your name's written on the palm of his hand. He said, you make sure. I'm coming after the church, but I'm coming after Scott. You tell Scott Mitchell, I'm coming for him. (laughs) Make sure Teresa Mitchell knows I'm coming for her. I'm coming for all the others, but I got them zeroed in. I'm coming. I'm coming for Shane. I'm coming. You tell Shane, I'm coming. I'm coming for him. I'm coming. I just want to take a minute and just open these altars up this morning. Just come celebrate the resurrected life of Jesus. And if you're here this morning and you would say that you're away from God and you need to repent and come home, can I tell you today is a beautiful day to come to the Father's house. You can receive the robe. You can partake of the fatted calf. Today's the day of salvation. As Brother Seth leads us in worship, I just invite you to these altars, find somewhere to pray. And just thank the Lord. From the cradle to the cross. If there's anybody, anything that's trying to take your crown, get it under the blood and say, not today, Satan. Not today, Satan. You're not getting my crown. kill Jesus.